Welcome to the Prospect League Podcast, the podcast for the past, present, and future of the Prospect League, the home of elite college baseball players from across the country. I'm Lucas Burris, back for another edition of the Prospect League Podcast. After a week off to focus on our draft coverage, I'm back to tell you everything you need to know about the Prospect League over the last week, give you an update on the standings, talk to one of our players of the week, and get you ready for the final stretch of the prospect league season now still a little bit to go but we are in the midst and the middle of the second half of this prospect league season it is quickly coming to a close so we'll tell you everything you need to know with about three leaks left of the 2023 prospect league season but let's dive right into the prospect league standings as we look at what's going on in the second half of this 2023 season we're just going to focus in on the second half standings we'll get to the overall later in our podcast episodes and not in this one but we're going to talk about what's going on in the second half so far in the prospect league we'll start off in the eastern conference in the ohio river valley division as the champion city kings are out front there they have an eight and five overall record they are being trailed by the chillicothe paints who are five and four the johnstown Millrats, who are five and six and the lafayette aviators who are five and eight so the champion City Kings are in control in the second half in the Ohio River Valley Division. Of course, the Paints won the first half of this division and will host that first round of the playoffs in that one game, Ohio River Valley Championship game. But Champion City Kings have the early advantage. The Johnstown Millrats have been great as of late, though. They're winners of four straight games on the comeback push. But these Champion City Kings are still three games up on the next closest, which is those Johnstown Millrats, because where the Paints finish doesn't matter. You either finish first or second if the Paints end up finishing first. That's how the second half works in the prospect league. So it's up to the Champion City Kings, Johnstown Millrats, and the Aviators in this division. And right now, the Champion City Kings have the advantage in the Wabash. River Division still in the East. That is the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes who have been fantastic over the second half of the season. They have a 9-1 and second half record. They have a nice lead in the second half of this division. The Danville Dans are the next closest, and they won the first half of this division. So the next closest is actually the normal Corn Belters, who are 6-9, and nine, and then Rex is 4-10. and ten. The uh, Lucky Horseshoes have won three straight games. They're on a nice roll. The Dans were a little closer. But the Dans have lost three straight games. So the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes at 9-1 and one have a nice advantage in the Wabash River Division looking for a second-half title. Moving on to the Western Conference, a very tight Great River Division through the start of the second half of this season. The Clinton Lumber Kings are out in front again after winning the first half division in the Great River Division. The Lumber Kings are 8-3. and three. They've won three straight games. But then the Pistol Shrimp, the Gems, and the Bees are neck and neck. The Pistol Shrimp are now in second place and hold that playoff spot at the moment at 6-5 and five due to a better winning percentage of the other two as the Gems are 7-6 and six and the Bees are 6-6, six and six, now sitting in last place in this division. But each of these teams have spread it over. So the Pistol Shrimp are five and five over their last ten. The Gems are six and four over their last ten, and the Bees are five and five over their last ten. So really, these two teams just keep going back and forth. It seems like another team is leading this division as the next day rolls along. So it's a very tight Great River Division. Looking what team will go to Clinton as the Lumber Kings will host that playoff game to start off the playoffs. And then the Prairie Land Division, another runaway here as of right now, as the Thrillville Thrillbillies are out in front of their competition, a 10-3 and record in the second half of the season. They're 8-2 and over their last 10 games. The Cape Catfish sit at second place, but they, of course, won 
won the Prairie Land Division in the first half. So the Cape Catfish, 6-6, six and six, sit in second place. Then the Hoots, the O'Fallon Hoots, are 6-8. and eight. The Alton River Dragons are 5-10. and ten, And the Jackson Rockabillies are 3-8. and eight. So it is the Thrillbillies Division right now to be able to travel to Cape and face off against the Catfish in that one-game playoff. And that is the second-half standings in the Prospect League. So your division leaders right now looking at who will face off against those first-half division leaders. We look at the Champion City Kings going to the Chillicothe Paints, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes going to the Danville Dans, the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp going to the Clinton Lumber Kings, and the Thrillville Thrillbillies going to the Cape Catfish. That wraps up our standings. Let's dive right into our pitching leaders right now before we head to our interview on this week's Prospect League podcast. Let's start with the team pitching side of things. In runs, it's the Cape Catfish leading the way. They've given up the least amount of runs in the Prospect League at 168 runs given up over the season. In hits, it's now the Lumber Kings, as the Clinton Lumber Kings have only given up 297 hits on the mound this season. In walks, it's the Thrillbill. Thrillbillies have only given up 172 walks on the mound this season. But the Dans still leading the way in strikeouts. The Dans have struck out 378 batters on the mound this season. They've led for about four straight weeks now, have the Danville Dans on the strikeouts on the mound. And the Cape Catfish still lead the way in ERA, though. They have a 3-7-1 ERA on the season. They continue to pace the league in ERA on the mound. On the individual side of things and wins, it's still Dylan Peck for the Cape Catfish. He has six wins on the season, only man with a six mark. In saves, that's Zach Sabrowski for the Aviators, 10 on the season. He continues to lead the way. He's led all season long. In innings, that's Gabe Phipps for the Champion City Kings. He's got 44 and a third innings of work. He's just ahead of a few other guys in the Prospect League. But strikeouts, we move on to Sebastian Gonzalez, who has been really good for the Pistol Shrimp this season. Gonzalez leads the league in strikeouts with 64. He leads the league in earned run average. That's ERA at a 1.56 mark. And he leads the league in strikeouts per nine with 14.28 strikeouts per nine this season. So Gonzalez leading in a lot of the important categories in the prospect league right now, especially in ERA and strikeouts for the pistol shrimp as he's leading the way. But over the last week, it was Kyle Athmere for the Alton River Dragons who just did all the good work. He is our reigning armcare.com pitcher of the week in the Prospect League. Last week, he got a start, went eight innings, gave up no runs, only one hit, three walks, and nine strikeouts on the mound to have a 0.00 ERA over the last week. And I sat down with the Alton River Dragon to talk about his fantastic start this past week. So let's head to my interview with the Alton River Dragon Pitcher of the Week. That's the armcare.com Pitcher of the Week, Kyle Athmere. Kyle Atmer, welcome to the Prospect League podcast, the reigning armcare.com Prospect League Pitcher of the Week. Kyle, pretty good week for you. How are you doing? Welcome in. I'm excited to be here. I mean, I'm doing just fine right now. Good, good. I, I would say so. It's been a little bit since you had that big start. You should be due for another start coming up here pretty soon. But let's talk about what just happened this past week. You faced off against the Danville Dance. Uh, and just to be, you know, plain, you killed it, you know, eight innings, nine strikeouts. You're fantastic on the mound. Take me through that uh, performance for you on the mound and what kind of clicked for you against those Dans. I think what clicked for me was getting ahead early, uh, pounding the zone early in the game. I got a lot of rollover ground balls, which my defense is able to make all the plays on, which I don't know if you've ever been Danville, but it's kind of tough. Yeah. You never know yeah. if you're going to get that up or not. So I think that was the big thing, getting ahead and kind of limiting the pitch count through my first six, seven innings that allowed me to go that far. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's a tough Danville offense as well. It's a tough place to play in general, especially for opposing pitchers coming in. Uh, they have a really good home field advantage there. But what was kind of your mindset going into that start, knowing that, you know, the River Dragons are starting to play real well in the second half of this season? You know, what were you looking for heading into that game? I mean, to be honest with you, I just kind of went in with a carefree mindset. I mean, it's summer ball. You're here to have fun. You're here to get better. So as I was warming up, I didn't really think too much about the game. I'm going to be honest. I was thinking about what we were going to eat that night. Yep. So I was just trying to keep my mind off of it, simplify things, because I've noticed for myself, I I like to overcomplicate things, and I start thinking on the mound, and everything goes to whack. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a common mindset for some pitchers, you know, overthinking it a little bit. So I think that's a good way to go in. You know, maybe you'll carry that through with the next few, but it's not like your first rodeo of a good start this season. You've had some pretty good numbers um, throughout this season, especially on the strikeout to limiting the walks. I mean, you now have four outings this year with seven plus strikeouts on the mound with over five innings of work. You know, where's that consistency for you coming from there uh, as your season progresses and just, you know, consistently going out there uh, and being good for your team on the mound? I think the big thing with my consistency is like my preparation during the week. I mean, I'm a long, lengthy body, so you, you have to work a lot of time and things up. So I think doing all my mechanic work, all my throwing program stuff during the week kind of just keeps my body and my mind set right, that I'm always throwing, that I'm always going to be in these certain positions when I'm throwing. And I think that's helped a lot, especially limit the walk numbers. Yeah. And then going into like the innings, Mark, that's your longest outing of the season as well. You kept the pitch count down. You did really well. You know, what kind of flowed, whether it was your pitch mix or whether it was kind of just, you know, what we've talked about already that allowed you to go so deep in that game? I think just keeping them off balance because the past couple of games I've relied on my fastball. So we kind of, I talked to my catcher, Tyler Inbach, before the game. And we we're kind of like, all right, we're going to mix almost anything and everything I have to see if we can get them to maybe reach or roll over. And I mean, it works. So I just kept working with it. Yeah, absolutely. And now you've been with Alton pretty much all year now. You know, you've made your starts when you make your starts. But, you know, talk about what uh, has been good down there in Alton this season, what you've enjoyed about playing for the River Dragons this summer. I mean, it's just the community. I mean, coming from a small town myself, 40 minutes away from Alton. I mean, playing in that park, it just gives off the small town vibes. I kind of like that better than going into these big, not that it's, bad but i like like it better than going into those big organizations that draw in thousands of people i feel like in all you're actually able to relate to the people you're actually able to talk to your fans and you actually really get to personally know them and to me that's a big thing because being able to see them up in the stands i see them more as like family and friends rather than just uh fans now and that was yeah. a big thing that's what i enjoyed the most yeah, absolutely. I think a uh, college summer baseball can really help that with, uh, you know, some of these organizations, but I think a lot of them in that sense, try to give you that community. I think Alton does a really good job. We've been there a few seasons. I've seen you pitch. So, you know, I think you're, you're figuring it out on the mound right now, but the question for you as we, as we roll ahead is you're headed to a new college. You're headed to Southern Illinois university, Edwardsville. How excited are you for that next journey uh, for that next step for you? Oh, I'm, I was through the roof when I got all that done and over with, mainly because I was just tired of worrying about it. I couldn't sleep at night where I was going to end up. But I told myself at the end of the spring, I wanted to go prove to myself and other people that I could play baseball at the higher level, going from D2 to D1. And so that was my big thing. And another thing is I'm going to be 35, 45 minutes from home. 
So I think having my family there finally able to watch me because they haven't watched me really since my sophomore year of high school because all the COVID stuff in high school. Mm -hmm. So I think that was that was my kind of big turning point was realizing that my mom and dad will finally be able to be there at almost every game. So I'm just through the moon right now. Yeah. And talk about, you know, you had a great last spring as well uh, at Missouri S&T, but you're coming into, I think, you know, the University of Edwards, University of Southern Illinois, University of Edwardsville. There we go. Uh, with, you know, maybe a little more expectations. So what are your expectations going in there as well? What are your goals heading into, you know, this next college season for you? Uh, I haven't really set any two specific goals. I just kind of wanted my big goal for now is to solidify a spot in the pitching rotation and it gets, get a lot of innings and show that I can be consistent at that high of a level and good at that high of a level. Cause ultimately the end goal is to hopefully see my name up on the draft board somewhere, which that's every little kid's dream, but I just want to see if it'll happen. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of uh, players in this league and a lot of us are reminded of, you know, why we're here after this past week, looking at that draft and seeing a lot of familiar faces in this league mm -hmm. as well. So I think that's on the top of the mind for everybody. But for you, you know, focusing on the rest of your prospect league season. Now, what are you hoping to do with the rest of the way, you know, continuing to build on how good you've been so far? Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I actually just got shut down for the summer. All right. Well, so, that's okay. That's all right. You know, what's the goals the rest of the way then? How are you going to spend the rest of your summer preparing for that, you know, fall ball season? Uh, the big thing for me is I'm going to start, I've started getting on my diet. I got to put on the pounds. I mean, I'm still skinny for my height, so we still have to put on the pounds. And I'm just basically going to weight train, uh, probably hopefully try to gain one or two miles an hour on the fastball, but just basically get my body ready for what's coming in the fall so I don't get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, I got two more kind of fun questions for you as you're finishing off your tenure. So I'll start you off with the one we ask everybody. We're talking stadiums. You talked about Danville a little bit. You got your home stadium as well. But what was the favorite place for you to pitch this year outside of your home stadium uh, here in the Prospect League or favorite place to travel or just what you saw in terms of a Prospect League stadium that you really enjoyed? <sighs> That's a good question. Was that a lot of them? Um, I'd say probably my favorite was Jackson. That one was, that was just surreal walking out of the outfield wall and seeing great big stands. And the one night we played there, the stands were packed. It was just like kind of like a surreal moment. Like, huh, all these people came to watch us play baseball. So I think that one was probably like, that was the best stadium. I didn't pitch that series, but I mean, still just being there was awesome. Yeah, I think that that's the kind of stuff that you have to look forward to. There's some environments now in the prospect league that are going to give you a hint at, you know, what minor league baseball is going to look at uh, in the future if you can eventually make yourself there. So last question I have for you is the big scale. You know, what is your favorite ballpark that you want to pitch in in your career, whether that is the Little League Park you used to pitch at, whether that's Wrigley Field, whether that's anything in between? What is a college, you know, professional small park? What's your field of dreams that you want to pitch at at some point in your career? Uh, it's definitely the stadium. I mean, growing up in Southern Illinois, I have lived and read the Cardinals ever since I was born. So I've dreamt it many nights of me walking out of that pen and seeing all my friends and family sitting behind home plate and looking up and seeing everything at Bush Stadium. I've learned to know over how many games I've been there to watch. So that's definitely the 
stadium that I want to go play in. And hopefully, hopefully we get there at some point. I'm going to wish you the best of, you know, the rest of your journey. Maybe we'll see you again in the prospect league, but we'll know we'll see you uh, at SIUE in the fall and in the spring. But one last thing for you, teeing it up for you. Any shout outs you have, any thank yous you have before I let you go here on the prospect league podcast. I got to have a big thank you for the Alden River Dragons, knowing I'm done for the summer, but still they were like a second family to me. I spent so much time with them and I definitely met some people that I will never forget. So I just want to say big shout out to the Alden River Dragons, big shout out to Scotty Scott, our coach and Dallas March for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kyle, have a great rest of your summer. Get some of that, you know, weightlifting in, get some of that diet going, get big uh, and hopefully you have a great season this uh, spring. But uh, thanks for joining me uh, on the Prospect League podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Kyle Otmer for joining me on the Prospect League podcast. Now let's dive into our hitting leaders in the Prospect League. Let's start on the team side of things. In runs, the Chillicothe Paints are pacing the league in total runs scored with 310. In hits, it's also the Paints with 415 hits this season. In doubles, it's the Alton River Dragons with 79 doubles on the season. Triples, that's the Chillicothe Paints with 19 triples on the year. Home runs, it's the Quincy Gems with 36. In walks, it's the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes with 200. 51. Shoes also lead and hit by pitches with 80. And strikeouts, the Danville Dance had the least amount of strikeouts at the plate this season with 241. In steals, the Dans and the Corn Belters are tied, each with 121 steals on the base paths this season. In average, it's the Chill Coffee Paints with 309 team batting average this season. For an OBP, it's the Cape Catwood with a 416 team on base percentage. And its slugging percentage is the Chill Coffee Paints with a 458 eight team slugging percentage now on to the individual leaders we move to chris hall who's still leading the league in runs scored with 44 runs scored this season and hits is justin carasini for the cape catfish 55 hits this season and runs batted in it is arturo disla leading it for the paints with 56 runs batted in this season and doubles it's now mason swalbach for the burlington bees he's got 16 doubles on the season and triples it's miguel vega for the mill rats he's got five on the year and home runs it's arturo disla for the paints with nine on the season and walks it's jackson Lindsay for the thrillville thrillbillies with 36 on the year hit by pitches it's christian sprawling for the springfield lucky horseshoes with 14 hit by pitches this season and steals it's still slater shield for Rex. he's now got 33 on the year and batting average we see a new face rolling into the leaderboard is victor figueroa for the Chillicothe Paints, he's batting 404 on the year. And on base percentage, that's Jackson Lindsay, the walks leader with the Thrill Bill Thrillbillies. He's got a 522 on base percentage. And in slugging percentage, it's still Tim Orr from the Chillicothe Paints, who's slugging 683 so far this season. We don't have an interview with our baseball. No, it's Bulletproof Hitter of the Week, but we can still talk about Christian Sprawling, who is fantastic for the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes over the past week. Sprawling was named the Prospect League Baseball No. It's Bulletproof Hitter of the Week after going 474 on the average this past week with nine hits, one double, four home runs, five runs scored, 12 RBIs, and a 1658 OPS. He was just fantastic for the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, grabbing their first Prospect League Player of the Week award this season. But that's about just going to wrap up this episode of the Prospect League podcast. Before we close, let's dive into the three things you need to know about the Prospect League heading into this week. We'll start off with the MLB draft. We said we took a week off of the podcast to cover that draft, and we had it on the Prospect League website at prospectleague.com and all over our social media pages as 15 current and former Prospect 
prospect league players were drafted in the 2023 MLB draft. The complete list is available on our website at prospectleague.com and individual posts can be found on all of our social media pages at Prospect League on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you check out all that to see who got drafted as a former and current Prospect League player. And a lot of Prospect League players are being signed as undrafted free agents right now a lot of former players as well so make sure you check out that list which should come out this week for the prospect league because we dive into all of our undrafted free agents over the prospect league we also released the second half prospect league tv free game of the week schedule the complete schedule was released last week and on youtube you can see it right next to me but for our listeners here on the prospect league podcast i'll tell you that it all gets started this week or it started last week but the game this week gets started on thursday as the clinton lumber kings will host the quincy gems at 6 30 central for this week's prospect league tv free game of the week so that complete schedule is out make sure you check it out on our social media pages at prospect league and on youtube you can see it right there as the complete schedule for the rest of of the second half for the free games on Prospect League TV. And there's some big news coming out in the Prospect League this week, so be on the lookout on Friday on our social media and on prospectleague.com as two former Prospect League players will be honored with a very special recognition this week, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. But that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Prospect League podcast. Thanks for returning with me. We'll be back to do it again next week, but until next time, I'm Lucas Burris signing off on the Prospect League podcast.